You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We are a church that strives to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors as we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is offering up our sermons for you to listen to. And so we hope you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org or on our social media at TahlequahUMC. So enjoy today's message. Would you turn with me to your Bibles? The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17. We're going to read verses 1 through 9 today. Let's take a look at this journey. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the very top, very high mountain. He was transformed in front of them. His faith shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all this by saying to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we are here. If you want, I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, look, a bright cloud overshadowing them. A voice from that cloud said, This is my son, whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces, filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. I'm going to read verse 8 and 9 as well. Actually, verse 9. I didn't highlight one extra verse. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anybody about the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. May you receive what the Spirit is saying in the reading and hearing of the Scriptures. Thanks be to God. Amen. I'm reading a really good book on Jesus right now, and I came across this quote in this book from Father Bruno Barnhart. It says, We humans prefer a manageable complexity to an unmanageable simplicity. I was thinking about that and thinking about the the transfiguration, and I kept thinking about Peter. Here was this simple thing that was happening. Now, you know, when we read the Bible, anytime we know we're going up on the mountain, we're going to have an encounter of God because that's one of the closest places you can get to God. And, and so they're going up on this mountain and they're, and they're trekking along and, and, and they have this experience. Jesus like transforms in front of them. He has that, 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 that light glow, that, 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 that he goes from just being Jesus to, to, to God incarnate, and he's right there in front of them. And, and, and what happens is probably the same thing that would happen to all of us. We're trying to reconcile what's happening. We get excited. Peter gets really excited, and, and he says, wow, like, this is awesome. And, and not only that, like, he finally sees that, that Moses and Elijah are there. So, like, his awe factor just, like, increased dramatically. It would be like being at a concert, you know, one of those concerts that you want to go to, and you go to see one act, and another act shows up to play along with them. It'd be, it, it, and, and you just get so excited because you weren't expecting that person to show up, and yet they did. And you're excited to see what happens. 
Peter did what all of us wanted to do. He wanted to memorialize it. So I'm going to build a thing for you, a thing for you, and a thing for you, just so that way we can remember this moment in time and space. We do that, don't we? Maybe we do it by buying a t-shirt of the moment. Maybe we do it by taking a picture of the moment. Maybe we do it by buying some kind of trinket for the moment. I know my house is full of all three of moments that we've experienced throughout our lives where, where we've had these great things happen, whether it's going and, and seeing the great mountains out at the Red Rocks just outside of Las Vegas, or the um, certificates that we've gained over the years from the girls getting all sorts of awards and things. You know what that looks like in your houses. Or maybe it's the t-shirts. Lord knows I got more t-shirts than I know what to do with. And most of those t-shirts I can't wear anymore, either because I've put on a little bit of weight or nobody really wants to remember what happened in 2007 at the youth event. But we hold on to these things. We, we, we take these things that are, are, are complex and, and, and difficult and, and, we, and we want to hold on to those and, and remember that when there's something simple calling us to life. And I think about this story, and I, and I really think what, what, what the story really does call us to is where do you see God at work in your life? Where do you see God revealing God's self to you in your daily life? How aware are you to God being at work in your daily life? Are we open up to that possibility of God really at work all the time? Are we paying attention to it? Are we seeing it? Because I believe God's at work, and I think we, we forget about it because we want one of these experiences, don't we? We, we, we want the flash of light and, and, and angel voice coming from above and, and this hallelujah chorus kind of moment where we can just say, yes, that is God. But what's really great about our God is He's always at work and in small and unique ways. This week, God was at work at the Wesley Foundation as He was able to provide meals for students who weren't able to eat. This week, He was, a, he was at Feed My Sheep as He was able to help provide dinner for those who needed to eat. This week, God was at work through our preschool here at the church and, and through our UMW groups and the youth groups and all those ways that God was at work in this world. God is working. We can't forget that. And sometimes I think we try to make it a little bit too hard to recognize that. I think we put up barriers or expectations. And all what, ha all what happened in this moment is they walked up to the mountain and, and Jesus just kind of opened himself up and said, hey, here I am. And Moses and Elijah appeared. Now granted, like I have to admit, if that were me in that moment, I would be like Peter and freaking out a little bit. But, but Peter is a verbal processor. And, and instead of like being like me, I would have just sat there and like, I wouldn't have been able to say anything because I don't verbally process. Peter verbally processes what's going on. And he's so in awe of the moment that he really forgets really that this is God at work pointing towards the direction of what's to come. See, this story is one of those pivotal, like if you were telling the story as a movie, this would be one of those plot twist moments in the movie, in the Gospels. Because from here on out, we're headed to Jerusalem. 
And from here on out, we know that we're headed to the cross and and the death and resurrection of Jesus. We know that because, well, we've read the story. Well, I hope you've read the story. We know this because we're we're, we're past that event. We, We know that from the transfiguration on, it's all about Jerusalem. And Jesus is getting His three main guys ready for this great event to be ready for what is to come. And so they have this experience and, 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 and they're in such awe and, and beside themselves that they don't know how to respond. But the voice, God's voice points us in the right direction. This is my son. Listen to him. I think God's trying to settle Peter down. All right, Peter, settle down just a little bit. Now, now listen to Jesus. This is, he knows what's going to happen. But then when they realized that Moses and Elijah were there, they, they worshipped. They bowed down and, 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 and recognized that they had fallen short and they, and they needed that experience of God. And, and if you notice in the story that Jesus walks by them and puts his hands on them and says, it's going to be okay, but don't tell anybody until after what happens in Jerusalem. He sets them up. He prepares them for what is to come. He gets them ready. He orients them towards Jerusalem. And that's what Jesus does for us. He orients us towards the next thing. He gets us ready. He centers us. He focuses us. If we're open and willing to listen to where God is leading us. And there's nothing we have to be afraid of. And so we hear God's booming voice saying, This is my son. Listen to him. And so how often do we make time to stop and listen for Jesus? I want to open you up during Lent to to do that. I want you to spend some time and read through these scriptures that we've provided for you, to spend some time and and read the prayers and, and do these things, not just that way you can check a box, but so that way you can grow more in your faith by opening yourself up to where the Lord may be leading you. And it may not come in a bright, shining flash. It may come in a slight whisper or a gentle nudge. And if we're open to these opportunities, and we stop and listen in our busy lives, we can become transformed. Came across across Pope Francis' 2015 Transfiguration Sermon. And in his sermon, he said this really good line. He says, The transfiguration reveals the glory of Christ and demands a response of listening to and following Jesus. I'm going to say that again. The transfiguration reveals the glory of Christ and demands a response of listening to and following Jesus. Sometimes all we have to do is just stop. And listen. Sometimes we become so overwhelmed with things in life and we're trying to figure out where God is leading us that the right answer is to stop and listen. To where is God calling you? Where is God pushing you to grow? Because God wants us to grow closer to Him. And sometimes we have to let go of some things. Sometimes we have to move on from some things. Sometimes we have to grow because we're no longer in that same size t-shirt ever again. I would love to fit in some of those small t-shirts that are locked up in a bin upstairs in our house. 
Maybe with the right exercise and diet, I can get there. But I have to stop and listen. Listen to myself about eating right and, and listening to the doctors about exercising correctly. And I need to let go and listen to where the Spirit is leading us. And so how can we listen? What's a good way to listen? I came across this really good story. A Japanese language instructor held up a cup filled to the brim with water and said, The Japanese are like this full cup. Their lives are very busy and full. He held up the glass of full water. We've got to be careful of pouring on the truth. As is important, great and glorious as it is, if you pour water into the cup that's already full, where will the water go? Of course, it spills onto the floor. The teacher said, sometimes in our zealousness to share the gospel, we can overdo it. And we can just pour, on, pour it on. And then that opportunity, that water that is wasted because people's cups are already full. But when you take time to listen, and the instructor took a sip of the cup, you're now providing space. There's now capacity for you to share something that's going to impact their heart because you now have listened to their story. Now you know the passage of Scripture to share or what to encouraging word to say. Now you know how to pray for them because you've taken time to listen. We can reach the world. We can transform ourselves and transform the world if we just stop and listen to those around us, to where God is leading us and calling us. And it can really begin with us letting go of ourselves and orienting them towards Christ. And so Lent begins on Wednesday. You've got some time to think about what you want to do. But I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to do a practice that's going to cause you harm. I don't want you to do something that, that, that you're going to be like halfway through, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this for Lent. I want you to take on something that when you do it, you're like, yeah, this is going to help me grow closer to God. Yeah, this, I'm doing this because I want to experience Jesus. Don't take it on as something kind of penance or some kind of fallen short or something that make you feel guilty. Take it on to give you life. Because when we orient ourselves towards Jesus, it's that life everlasting. And it's full of mercy and grace and love. There's a quote by Desmond Tutu that says, God places us in the world as his fellow worker agents of transfiguration. We work with God so that injustices are transformed into justice, so that there will be more compassion and caring, that there'll be more laughter and joy, that there'll be more togetherness in God's world. So I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to embrace Lent in such a way that will help you grow closer to God. And if you're going through something difficult in, in, in a difficult time in your lives, and I know some of you are, I want you to hear this, that God has not abandoned you. 
God loves you and cares for you so much that all He wants from you is you. Even in your brokenness. Even as you're pushing things uphill and it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. God's right there with you, giving you encouragement and saying, I'm here for you. Because if there's something we've learned from the very beginning of Genesis all the way through the Bible is that God never gives up on us. No matter what we're going through in our lives. Because God loves us and cares for us so much. But all He wants us to do is listen. And so in this week, I want to encourage you to provide space to listen to where God may be leading you. Because God is. And all we have to do is listen. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, and we hope you connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org.